podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Cyber isn't one thing, cyber is everything. It cuts across every industry, connecting everybody. It's the same way Dakota State University isn't just a university. With our Cyber 27 initiative, DSU has a stronger, more secure future. We're adding more faculty and welcoming more students, building labs, adding degrees, conducting game-changing research. We need partners to work with us and put our graduates to work for them. Visit dsucyber27.com to learn more. Welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Whee! That's <laughs> what I like to hear. Uh, it's Pod 399. Oh, very close to Pod 400. Uh, and it's the week the Palace have drawn 2 2 with Arsenal. Another late goal. Uh, we could just copy and paste the pod from a couple of weeks ago, really, and replace the uh, replace the team names. Uh, I'm Jim Daly. Joining me, Grace Matheson. Grace, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? Hello, I'm good. Thank you for having me back. Uh, brilliant to have you back on. Uh, and uh, Jack Pierce is here. Um, a regular, almost a veteran there, which is the wrong word, but uh, uh, um, a first-team regular these days. Thank you, JD. That's, that's very nice to hear. I think we're approaching a one-year anniversary from my, uh, from my first one, so still in the probation period, but um, <laughs> happy to be labelled such. Um, right, we'll have... Yeah, I'm just scrolling. I'm just scrolling through the fixtures to make sure we're not playing on Monday Night Football again until <laughs> at least January, and I'm pleased to see that we're not. So, oh, that's great news. That's good. At least we can enjoy the rest of 20, 2021. Yeah, so we're talking about that <laughs> Arsenal game uh, in a minute. Before we do that, uh, some admin to get through at the top of the show. Um, let's start out with a drum roll for a random patron, please. It's Joe Chowdhury. Hello, Hello Joe. Joe. Thank you for joining our patron. Uh, you can join Joe in the patron and get all the rewards like post-match podcast, which if you're on the public feed now, you'll hear a little bit from later on of Rob, Dom and Selzy, who are potting until quarter past one this morning. So that is the sort of dedication we're talking about on this, not from me, but on this podcast from those guys. Uh, post-match pods, patron-only merchandise and access to the patron-only Discord club. Uh, join up at patron.com forward slash FYP podcast. Um, we are a couple of weeks away from our live podcast with a very special mystery palace guest Thursday the 11th of November 7.30pm at the Streatham Space Project there are 10, count them 10 tickets left so if you haven't got one yet and you're still not bored of me banging on about it each week on the podcast, please do go and buy a ticket, they're available for £10 at eventbrite.co.uk and we'd love to see you there it's going to be a fantastic night uh let's do an advert we are delighted this week to be joined well actually i'll do the build up to it it's deni- undeniable that palace needed some home improvements over the summer and they nailed them and someone who'd like to help you with your home improvements while interest rates are at an all-time low is eternity home finance a croydon-based palace supporting family-run mortgage and protection advisors for a free consultation on anything to do with mortgages and property portfolios Email info at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code FYP. And we love having the team from Eternity Home Finance on board. Don't think they've had a win yet this season, but hopefully they will uh, at some point. Because, Grace, Palace 
held Arsenal, or I guess were pegged back, whichever way you look at it, with your glass half empty or half full, um, to a 2-2 draw on Monday night. Now, we had the Arsenal, ge- uh, sorry, the Brighton game a couple of weeks ago, very similar ending, and people were saying that felt like a defeat. Did it feel like a defeat to you on Monday? It did. And if you'd have told me before the game that a 2-2 draw would feel like a defeat, I probably wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> but it was just the manner in which it came again is just the most, just a real sucker punch after how well we'd played, particularly for the, the middle hour of the game. And then suddenly out of nowhere, they get a corner and, and there it is, 94 minutes and 40 seconds or whatever it was on the clock. Yes, it was another another late one. Do you know what, actually, Jack? We unsurprisingly we got a lot of people questions and comments about that. Let as Grace said, let's focus on the positive for now. That sixty minute period, the re- the response to going behind early on. I mean, it's fair to say Palace probably the better team over the course of the game, and in particular, the two goals we scored: Benteke and uh, Odson Edward. I always keep getting his name the wrong way around. Um, Two fantastic finishes. That, after the last couple of seasons of trying to find strikers that score goals, that's a huge positive for Palace. Yeah, the the way we kind of got back in the game and the uh, management of the second half in particular was was really good. Really good. Capped off by two very, very well-taken goals um, by two different players that aren't named Wilfred Zaha. So <laughs> let's uh, celebrate good times. But... Uh, yeah, I, I was really pleased with the way, particularly uh, the way that we continued the dominance at the end of the se- first half into the second. Um, you know, you didn't want first half to really finish the way we were playing, and it the fact it ended on uh, Gallagher, you know, hitting a really crisp volley that was really well saved by the keeper, just kind of made me worry that we would, that was it, we, that was the wave that we were riding, and we hadn't got back on level terms. But to start the second half as well as we did, um, and for for the goal to come as early as it did. When we got back to 1-1, I, I thought we would go on and actually win the game. I was quite confident. I thought we were really dominating and they weren't showing anything. And it wasn't really until Lacazette came on for them where they showed anything. Other than Aubameyang's goal, I don't really remember him doing doing much, to be honest. And it was it was Lacazette who drove them forward when he came on. So all credit to him and, and obviously capped off his performance with the equaliser. But yeah, I thought our performance was really good. The, the two finishes, as you mentioned, were excellent. Benteke's in particular was 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 excellent. Um, Edwards was, was well taken. I think Ramsdale might be a bit disappointed, but Benteke didn't give the defenders or the keeper a chance with his. And um, I was really pleased. Obviously, a lot of uh, onlookers, including the, the Sky uh, commentators, felt that his biggest threat would be in the air. But the fact he was able to take a goal so well on the floor was was great to see. As Grace says, really disappointed by the end and um, feared it was coming. I, I, I do feel we bought it on ourselves a little bit, but we'll come on to that. Um, but still a massive positive to take is that we went to the Emirates and for me were by far the better side um, for the majority of that match. Um, so I, I will hold on to that positive because I don't really want to think about the negative. Yeah, you'll notice I'm trying as long as possible to hold off <laughs> the negative yeah. late goal uh, I'm with chat. You. I'm with you. We will come to it. Um, right, well, we've had an extra member. Joe Walker has joined us. Joe, hello. Hi, guys. You all right? How's everyone doing? We're okay. We're, we're, we're building ourselves up. We're okay, yeah. Joe. We're okay. We're okay. We are, we are positive at the moment. We are going to come on to the late goal in a bit. But I remember we're talking about the goals that Palace scored. In particular, obviously, the two finishes from Benteke and Edward. We have a couple of questions. So I'm going to fire them your way, Joe. Um, okay. JBMCA 
Hello. I don't know if that's Jibbermack or I'll just say JBMC. Uh, when was the last time both our strikers scored in a game? Good question. And the Range Monkey, aka Mike Clark, one of our patrons. Uh, how excited are you to have strikers actually scoring goals and one of them even with his feet? Are you excited, Joe? Yes. I mean, it, it, it removes the kind of lingering doubt of oh, if we, we can't, we, you know. I, I've always been a Benteke apologist, but there's there's limitations to his game that I think I've always been concerned about suiting Vieira ball, especially. I think his goal was an example of where it might be useful, which is somebody else doing the press and it mm. falling to him. And I have to give Ayu some credit there because, um, bless him, he's not getting a lot of it his way, even when he does something right at the moment. So <laughs> no. I feel like we should at least hand that to him. I... I, I still think there's room for improvement there, but it is, it's nice to not have to worry about goal scoring and putting away chances specifically. It's now something else we've moved on to. Um, Edward, I was really kind of quite impressed, probably more than any other player on the pitch yesterday by his performance, just because he was effectively out of position. It wasn't a front two. It was, I, he put in, there's a hard role if you like, but which, which was interesting, a bold choice by Vieira because, Bless him, Ayu, for all of his faults in the last however long, he's probably, his best position probably is in that Wilf on the left side coming in. And he's never really had too much time there at Palace. So I thought he might have been given that opportunity there if we're doing square pegs. But Edouard got that shout instead. And actually, he kind of carried the ball really well. He had formed this quite good connection with Tyreek Mitchell, who first half especially was sort of our biggest playmaker. Um, and... And then he sort of came across the pitch and then that's how he got his goal, just ready to pounce and then became the, it's almost like why we defend set pieces. Benteke will be the person that runs to the near post to clear it in a defensive role. You can still have someone like an Edward when you're playing them together, who is yeah. the outlet to kind of chase on a counter and get up the pitch. Because let's be honest, Benteke is not going to get from one area of the box to one box to another on a counter really at this point. So it's nice to have the option there. Um, I don't know long-term if, if we're going to play them all, if we're going to play both of those guys together, is it going to be this free? Hopefully not. Is, is Edward as effective as he was last night on the right of a free? At this point, I'm willing to give it a shot now because I was actually quite impressed by how he played yesterday. But um, yeah, if, if we can get Wilf, Benteke and uh, Edward as a free, as an, op as an option beyond the fact that we've got IU and Elise coming in as well, that's quite exciting. And then probably as they might end up being part of that front three here and there. Schlup is there as an option, I guess, too. Um, yeah, it's nice to kind of just, with that sorted now almost, and we can kind of look elsewhere on the pitch for our complaints and, and gripes. <laughs> Which we will do. Um, yeah. Don't you worry, Joe. I'll get there, mate. I'll get there. Um, yeah, Grace, that's a really good point, actually. I've kind of forgotten that Edward was playing out of position last night. Um were you, you were sort of nodding along there. Were you impressed with him as well? I was, and I thought he really grew into the game um, early on. I can't remember how early on it was, maybe first 10 or 20 minutes. I think he did a pretty poor poor pass to someone and thought, oh, no, is this is this how that's going to go? He's out of position. Maybe it's not, not an experiment that's going to work. But he really really did grow into it and I thought his his goal was a great reward for his hard work again um supported by Ayu's um creativity which um yeah as Joe said he comes in for quite a lot of stick but he did he did all right last night and 
yeah, Edward seemed to really, really be pushing it. And I think when when he went off was when we sort of started to invite the pressure on us a bit more. Um, and that was when it felt like the equaliser might have been inevitable. Um, so it'd be quite interesting to see him. So I don't think he's played a full 90 minutes yet, whether he's capable of that, which which I'm sure he is. Um, but just for the sort of added energy that that he brings in a different dimension. Right, Jack, come on. Uh, I, I want your words on, on Edward, because the race is right. I don't think he has actually played a 490, but in my eyes, he's definitely made himself a starter. But can you give some credit to Jordan Ayew? We've had one question about Jordan Ayew, and I actually deleted it, so I can't remember who sent it. <laughs> but it, it just said, why does Jordan Ayew play? But as Joe said, crucial for that opening goal. Yeah, I'll end on the praise of Ayu at the end because I feel like that's a nice narrative arc and we'll, we'll go on that journey <laughs> together. But I, I, I'll follow up with, um, with Grace's words about Edward. I thought his first 10, 20 minutes was a little bit ropey and he played, um, I think there were two passes behind the intended target, which slowed the yeah. move down. Um, and uh, we needed an outlet in that first 20 minutes because Arsenal were definitely on top. <clears throat> and I'm with Grace. I feared that he wasn't going to be that outlet and it was going to be a fairly half-assed effort. But he really grew into the game. His ability to... Ride tackles was really impressive last night. Um, he's he's strong. He's he's got the power to go beyond challenges, which is really important in this league because you are going to get hit, whether fairly or not, by the opponent. And there were times when I felt um, he he rode the tackle, and I wasn't expecting it, which was really good. And once you do that, you break that line, um, and and you're at the centre halves. And um, he he did that really well last night, and his uh, performance fully justified a goal, and his. Um, yeah, as, as Joe touched on, you know, he played on the left, but actually his goal, the nature of the counter-attack meant he came from the right. Um, and I was just urging him to go at Ben White because I think that's where Ben White's vulnerable. I think Ben White likes the game in front of him and I don't think he's very comfortable when players are, are at him. Um, and in a two, um, I felt that's where we could really get them last night and that counter-attack led to that chance and I thought Edouard's ability to, to manipulate White into the position that he did and then the way he hit the ball, the way he hits the ball is really impressive and that's what beats Ransdale. He hits it early and he hits it high on the ball, which provides the elevation over over Ramsdale. And I, I think Ramsdale probably could do better, but that's not to take away from the effort from um, from Edward. Really good end to a, to an excellent counter attack, which featured Conor Gallagher, who was again was excellent last night, and Elise, who um, came on again and had almost an instant impact in providing an assist. Moving on to Ayu, um, I thought to his credit again, although his uh, quality on the ball sometimes is lack. He doesn't go missing. He always shows for the ball. Mm. Um, and when you're away from home against a team like Arsenal, who despite it not being especially impressive, are still Arsenal. So there is that kind of mental block to get over. He always came for the ball um, and 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 did some good things in the first half. Um, but his high press, um, which is one of his strengths, um, and his energy rate is what led to that that goal. Um, his challenge on on party was was timed brilliantly. I feared that we was going to go back. I thought maybe they'd missed a foul on party and, and Benteke's excellent finish would be made redundant by them going back to look at it. But it was it was a fantastic challenge, really well timed. Um, and effectively, he, he created that, that goal. So all credit to Jordan uh, for that. But that's not to say that when Elise didn't come on, Elise didn't provide some, um, some really intelligent play, and particularly for the goal. So I, I think oh, you still got a role to play. I said this after the, um, the Leicester game. I, I think Jordan's still got a role to play within the squad, whether it's from the start in many games, I don't know, but um, a good option to still have. And despite his confidence clearly lacking in terms of goal threat, his willingness to still show for the ball and 
and do his bit defensively, even if that's higher up the pitch, I think is to be lauded. I, I think if you're Vieira, it, possibly, the fact that he has continued to support him and start him, if Vieira might be looking at the fact that, you know, he was probably starting IU because Kieran Tierney was a threat. I agree. I think the Tierney threat is the massive yeah. factor for IU for playing. And then IU comes off and Tierney hits the bar. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. May, maybe Vieira kind of goes, oh, no. Against bigger opponents, if that's how we're going to approach games, I can probably live with that because we still look like, like enough of a threat across the pitch. But then it's games like this Saturday, I would want us to be a bit more kind of gung-ho and him bring him on to... I'm, I'm, I'm confident with him if we're winning a game and collecting those fouls and slowing the game down. That, that I feel, is one of his biggest strengths. And that's good when you're trying to hold on to something. And he wasn't really on the pitch to hold on to it, the game yesterday. Yeah, uh, I think we will be on Saturday probably more. I'm I, I kind of i confident that Vieira will be at the right time. To be honest, I think he's shown so far this season that he is willing to do that. But, Joe, let's come on to then the late equaliser because it's a fair amount of criticism for Vieira actually and the substitutions made uh, effectively sort of bringing the pressure on here's a question from Spoonbill McCumpty nice Spoonbill <laughs> hello Mr McCumpty indeed um, first time Vieira has got it wrong we looked better before at the back and pressing we know why he did it but maybe it was too early top performance again but need to see games out David Kent Hello, David. Conceding early, conceding early, conceding late. What can be done? And poor Elijah. Hello, Elijah. Hey, Elijah. Has said, how do you guys deal with these kind of losses? I'm dying here. (laughs) So we hope that Elijah's feeling better than the last time that sent that question. Send help. Send help to Elijah. Yeah. Uh, So is this this the first time Vieira's got this wrong then, Joe? Um, I'm not sure. I I think the, the opening day with the the kind of way we set up wasn't maybe it was what all we could do with the players we had available at the time but i thought the kind of setup as a 442 was a bit kind of worrisome um but last night i he probably got some ptsd about the brighton game and thought oh my gosh just whatever it <laughs> yeah. takes see this out and it doesn't matter and yeah it just we visibly dropped 10 yards probably more and didn't really get out of our half for the last sort of five, 10 minutes really. And Arsenal, they're, while they're clearly not at their sort of peak of their powers in recent years, they are still someone, if you give them enough of the ball in those areas, there's going to be a, a goal mouse scramble at the end and, and something's going to happen. There was still, I mean, some people were pointing, I looked at the goal again and some people were criticizing Anderson, but Anderson came right out to, to the wide areas to try and block the cross when really he might have been a bit more useful in that goal mouse scramble, although that's speculative, but I understand it. And I don't, obviously that's not really a Vieira instruction to go for a center back to stop, stop the cross. Um, but yeah, I just think it was possibly whether it's the occasion, whether it's just the fact we've dropped points late, very recently that it was being just too safe. And in fact, just inviting way too much pressure. I don't imagine it might not even be his decision, to be honest. It might've been um, the ocean Roberts kind of tap on the shoulder. It, it seems to be the sort of tactics guy, if you like, but um, yeah, I'm not, it's not an unforgivable mistake. I think it can happen. I, I think it's frustrating in the moment and hopefully it's not the start of a pattern. I was fearing that yesterday, but uh, yeah, no, it's, 
one of the bigger kind of errors he's done, but it's not too catastrophic. Talk about errors that lead to draws instead of. I know. Instead, I know. I'm kind of have to reset my thinking. It's it's um this is new. Well, we're looking up now. We're looking up rather than down. Yeah. This is a this is a change for us. Um, Grace, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but do you agree with Spoon Bill McHumpty <laughs> that the error? <laughs> There'd be the famed philosopher. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> Have you read any of his books? <laughs> Just the first few. It really tailed off. Um, do you agree that then that the, that it did invite a pressure on? Or actually, I think Joe's point is quite interesting about uh, the sort of the Brighton PTSD. Yeah, I do wonder how much the outcome of the Brighton game was sort of playing in the back of not just Vieira's minds, but all of the players. I just think as humans, it's impossible not to think that because I know that all of us as fans, that's exactly what what we were thinking. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, it's it's one of those subs that you think, oh, he's brought on another another centre-back. And if, if it had stayed two when you'd think, oh, that was a great decision by Vieira. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, just the way the, the cookie crumbled. And, yeah, but it, it did invite the pressure. And I, I thought maybe someone like Schlupp might have been the way to go because he's sort of one of the few players we've got that sort of offers as much offensively as he does defensively. And I thought that might just have been the way to sort of counter them coming at us, but also us still trying to force it up the pitch a bit but at the same time we can talk about the subs all we like I do think we were unlucky that um obviously Gallagher had the ball at that point near the halfway line obviously got that knee to the back of the head I think it was which then that sort of stopped the flow of the game and I think that was on like the 92nd minute and I mean who knows you're never going to know what could have gone differently if that one thing hadn't have happened but yeah, yeah we are where we are and that actually that added on a, probably another minute to the referee's watch yeah. actually which yeah. gave you the time to do that jack um i know we've watched the goal back and some people are criticizing the referee for not stopping the ball when it went back out to pepe on the wing some people are criticizing the james mccarthy for not coming off the line meaning that uh, lacazette would have been offside to quote adam sells it's always more than one error isn't it the lead to a goal well i have read his teachings and they are <laughs> very good uh no, I think you're right, and and you could even and I did last night. I was very cross at Coyate for uh, skewing what I felt was a fairly simple header out for a corner when I think it should have gone back where it came from, out for another throw in. I think if you're going to concede a set piece, it should be a throw in rather than a than the corner. I thought he should have done better with that, and it is many mistakes. But I think in the 95th minute, when you're hanging on to a what would have been a very impressive win, I think it's all hands to the deck, and I think logical defending sometimes goes out of it. MacArthur probably knows he shouldn't drop deep. Um, Gary Neville gave him a bit of grief for doing that last night but I think Neville also appreciated um, at the 94th minute it's just yeah just all hands on deck as I said and uh, a few mistakes lead to that goal but I think it was coming I just felt that you know we we did drop a little bit deeper but I think that's probably a result of many things Brighton included the fact we're away from home at you know uh, a top I don't know what you call Arsenal now top 20 team is that what you call Arsenal now top just a Premier League side I don't know what you call them anymore who knows what they are, but um, I think just, and you know, it's, it would have only been our second win. And I think there's still that, that side of it. I think the criticism, I did see the criticism of Anderson. I felt he rushed out because he realised it was Elise, um, who's probably on, in terms of who was on the pitch at the time, probably the least qualified one-on-one defender um, on the pitch. And he just wanted to rush out and try and block a cross. He was leaving Gay, uh, Koyate, Benteke and Tompkins in the middle. It was not as though... He was one of only two centre-halves or two yeah. very good That's true. Uh, defenders of the ball aerially in the box. Mm. I think he did something that if he blocked the cross, we'd all be going, what a fantastic 
reading of the game. So I, I don't really have any fault of him. Um, it's just one of those goals, really. Arsenal will score, have scored and will score many goals like that in the 94th minute at home. Um, and I think it's just a result of many circumstances, just very frustrating for us to experience these emotions so soon after the Brighton game. Yeah. Do you do you think the next time we're leading against a quote-unquote big club, maybe away from home, and it's fallen to the remaining minutes, do you think Vieira makes that same change? Or do you think, as Grace says, Schlupp, who he has backed quite a lot, I think he's played him yeah. quite a lot this season as a sub. It, do you remember years ago, I remember he got coated for it, Trevor Francis described, I think it was, Adi Akinbaye as, he's a, a really good defensive striker. And, people, <laughs> and I think that, Schlupp is like a really good defensive <laughs> forward. Yeah. And uh, th- in, in future, that's exactly the player you probably should bring on. But is Vieira going to do that next time? Or does he does he just stick to his I guns? Think, and I think Grace is right. Because I, I, I think Schlupp was the right sub, particularly as Coyote is already on the pitch. Yeah. Coyote then drops as that third centre-half if you're going to go five at the back. And then Schlupp becomes one of the three in the, or one of the four in the midfield. And, and you can put him either on the left-hand side and, and bring uh, Macker in with, with Conor Gallagher. Or or play shot through the middle with the more energy, but yeah, I I I, I just feel the sub wasn't exactly what we needed right then. But I fully understand why he'd done it, and if we'd held out for the win, I'd say it was a very good substitution. That's the that's the nature of Premier League management. Yeah. And I think Vieira Vieira will have learnt that. Um, but as we just kind of joked a minute ago, it is it's at the cost of two points rather than any points. We didn't lose the game. Yeah. We have drawn the game, and we drew the Brighton game. It's just that we're so close to probably being mm. closer to a points tally that I think the performance mm. is justified. Yeah, we, pro- we probably should have four more points and then we'd be 10th, basically, rather than, than and, where and that's we are. Without even talking about the, that's, that's without talking about the Leicester game where we yeah. were the much better side in that game too. So, exactly. Yeah, maybe, I, maybe we're pla- we, we might be paying for some of the points we didn't necessarily earn under Roy. I don't know. But I mean, Roy got... I think Roy said the same thing last season about Benteke, that he picks Benteke because he wins the first post uh first headers at defensively at corners as well so it is something that, that managers clearly clearly do um but anyway we will see i should have said after the brighton game i'm sure Vieira will learn from that so i'm gonna say it again i'm sure Vieira will learn from that and after newcastle's 95th minute equalizer at the weekend i'm sure he'll learn from that again um no let's take a quick break uh and when we come back uh questions from our listeners We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent, the next a chef, or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge, for every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the Five Pan Podcast. Uh, sponsored by Eternity Home Finance. For a free consultation on anything to do with mortgages and property portfolios, email info at eternityhomefinance.com 
and quote the code FYP. Lots of questions uh, this week and a lot of people talking about the late gold, Joe, again, but with a more positive spin. So I've saved these for the start of part two. Okay. So here we go. Um, Jed Die, Jed D, Jed Die, Jed, hello, Jed. Hi, Jed. Um, believe in the process. I think it's quite a nice. I might, oh, I might even make that the title of the podcast. Um, here's one from an Arsenal fan, Steve Pullen. Okay. Hi, I think he's an Arsenal uh-huh. fan. Well, we'll say, right, we'll say, Steve, we'll right, say, hi, Steve, until right. we we'll okay. see what you say. Okay. We might want to say, yeah. F off, Steve. We won't. We don't do that on the podcast. No. <laughs> um, understand your disappointment with only one point, but your point was much better than ours. So I assume Arsenal fan. Good team performance and a plan that worked. And I ain't talking about us. So there you go. And uh, here's one from Russell Levy. Hello, Hi, Russell. Russell. She simply says, we're pretty good, aren't we? We are pretty good, aren't we, Joe? Yeah, I thought not having Zahar, I think previous experience of that, seeing a team shoot about his name on has just led to this existential dread, retraction of all confidence uh, of the game plan. And what we've seen now is that really we're a system side. We get, we're actually, without our best player, we kind of still adjust with with the replacements and everyone kind of plays their roles the same way we're not we don't completely collapse as an attacking threat which yes you'd hope to see with the amount of investment and recruitment we had over the summer but it's still nice to have it confirmed you know we we can real still pick up points uh without him uh and not in a way that requires that brighton away performance where it really was kind of heart-stoppingly kind of bleak but we got we got out of there um we can still play like we do against uh Leicester or Tottenham against against Arsenal away and really take it to them and they were we were we were there's more deserving of the win for whatever that that means effectively I know some of the Arsenal praise I've been seeing it's almost I can't tell whether it's how sincere it is you know whether it's just using us as a stick to beat Arteta with, whether it's a little ruffle of our hair, like, oh, little our palace, well done. You, you know, you surprised us by not being the the side that rolls over here anymore. But yeah, no, I, I think, I think, I think we played well. I think we should be very positive. And again, I've, my only worry is about the trust in the process. I feel like when you start saying that too much, you, you might just be, check yourself whether you're in a rocking chair, just kind of, we've lost, we've lost another game. It's, how, you know, when does the, when does the media perception of our one win all season change when it like starts going, you know, they're playing really well too. They're not picking up any points and, and, and it all changes. And I still think we're going to win more than we lose playing like this. And it, at the moment, that's kind of almost, we're almost there. It's just, we're not losing that many games. We're still just the two right in the league. So I just, yeah. but I'd like to see a start uh, uh, turn into win. And those two losses are at Stamford Bridge and Anfield. So, yeah. you know, you you can you can weigh up those defeats in in terms of probability of loss. And yeah, we are we're just drawing more games than we probably should have been and and have warranted by the performance. But yeah. I'm, if, I'm with Joe. I'm I'm riding Joe's wave of confidence there. Yeah. If the, if this is our growing pains. Oh, yeah. great. Like, amazing. Fantastic. Like, <laughs> great. Yeah, I think, Grace, you do have to look at the bigger picture. And I do understand that some people are glass half empty, some are glass half full. And and we are still, you know, less than 12, or a bit longer hours away from the final whistle. So emotions are raw. But we're we're talking about Palace being 35, 40 seconds away from two more win, two wins on the board. And as you said, four more points. So really bigger picture, I think there are things to be positive about. It's not like we are being turned over in games. I mean, the Wilf thing is really interesting. Last season, the number of pods we did where we said, well, no Wilf again today. How annoying is that? We're a one-man team, etc." We've already 
you know, come far from that. We've got a question from Joey Druth, who says, Hi, Joey, no will from people are complaining about a draw at the Emirates. Does this show how far we've come? In a quite a short time, I think it does. I think it does. And like you say, we always knew it was going to be a, a learning process for us and for Vieira, given how fairly new he still is to management and the amount of recruitment and change we went through over the summer but like Joe said when you look at our performance against Brighton last season and yeah we came away somehow with the three points but the performance was dreadful whereas now we've sort of flipped that on his head and the performances are there and we're not getting the points that the performances are warranting but that's that's the position I would rather be in because you know that in time they will start to come and Every, everything needs a bit of luck, no matter how great your performances are. And it feels like maybe we've not had as much of that as we, we should have been entitled to. So, but I think, I think it is coming. And like Joe said, with the way it's going, I, um, I think we'll win more than we lose, certainly. Um, it's just about patience. But I, I think we do need to start turning these performances into points to avoid the inevitable media turn because they're only ever one game away from completely changing their opinion on anyone aren't they so yeah that is the nature of the Premier League Jack of course that you know just even if you are playing well and things looking good points do mean prizes um so yeah can I I was about to say to quote a famous philosopher but um I don't know if you'd count Bruce Forsyth as a famous philosopher um (laughs) We've had it. We, we had a question here from Tony Day. Tony has written a novel essentially, so I'm going to pick out the best bits for you um, and then put them to you, Jack. But I, I feel like I know what you're going to say. Um, Tony says, um, Guys, I think we need to step back a bit here and look at the overall picture. The football we are playing this year is exciting. We're going in the right direction. Then there's a bit more, a bit more, a bit more. Rome wasn't built in a day. This is the most positive I've felt in years. Do you agree with Tony, Jack? Are you on Tony's positivity? Um, yeah, I think Tony's right to to still be feeling the positivity as um, as many other Palace fans do. I mean, it's very disappointing what happened last night in terms of us losing two points. But in terms of the collection of the point, I think I'm right in saying that's eight points from eight games. I think I think I've, I think the the league table stained in my uh, my memory. Um, yeah, I think that's from, right from last night still. And you know, as I said at the start of the season, if we stay up this season, it's a successful season. Given the transition in terms of coach and and of course playing staff and playing style, staying up is still our fundamental goal this year. Thirty-eight points this year will be enough to keep us up. So we're we're not behind the curve, and that's a positive. And I think, as as both Grace and Joe have, have, have suggested, the performances will bring points as as the team become more entrenched in our in our late in our um, team setup. And also the the confidence will build with the way we're, we're we're playing. So I I I think I think Tony's right to be positive. I think um, I think Palace fans should be positive. We've we've now got um, two uh, next two home games in particular. I know Wolves have just had a very very um, uh, good win at Villa and are, and are in a good run. But um, we we should be scared of Wolves at home. And and, and before that we have we have Newcastle um, at home and. I watched Newcastle on, on on Sunday, as many other fans did, interested to see how the, the fans would kind of lord the, 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 the new regime, for want of a better term, but that's exactly where they are. Um, so I, I watched that game, kind of interested in that, and then I actually watched the, the game. I haven't seen Newcastle many times this season, and they were dreadful. I know it's 3-2, but Spurs should have won that game by four or five. Um, and how open Newcastle were was, was really quite surprising. We'll come on to the Newcastle preview, but I fully expect us to win on Saturday. And I think our recent performances um, would suggest that we will be firm favourites for that game. So 
in in terms of points ahead of uh, uh, points per game, will be ahead of where I think we need to be by the end of the season. Um, and as long as we're on that curve, I'm I'm going to remain positive because I really think, however well we play this season, it was always going to be a difficult season to transition. Um, and for me, as long as we are still a Premier League club at the start of next season, that's the fundamental positive that I've got to look for. Yeah, and there was a stat going around Twitter that we've played the most top six, in quotes, teams so far, I think, of everyone or something like that. I think it's something ridiculous, like the starting position of the opposition has been like 4.6 or something like that. So we are effectively playing a Champions League side or a a team in the Champions League places every week so far this season. So our fixtures will certainly certainly get easier, in theory, um, as as the months kind of pass us by. So, um, yeah, we do need to take points, but that's that's the key. We need to build on these... Uh, performances in terms of taking those yeah as Grace yeah. said I'd much rather be in a position where you know we're slight we're playing well but slightly missing out than you know scrambling to stay in games uh I think yeah I think we can all see the bigger picture is positive um last couple of questions on that before I move on to some sort of game specific uh questions uh Jacqueline Ann Hart hi Jacqueline Hello, Jacqueline. Hi. Jacqueline says um how many marshmallows does it take to ease the pain of last two kicks of the game losses and then she's answered her own question by putting hints it's an entire pack of jumbos so nice. you, you crack on Jacqueline you do you uh we're all gonna <laughs> have, get one, have one for me Jacqueline we've all got to crack on um couple of questions I'm sure you'll all know exactly what's coming here uh Peter Evans hi Peter, hi, Peter. Hello, Peter. is this the new dot 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 Typical palace. Uh, thank you, Peter. Uh, and then uh, here's one great name, this person, Schrodinger's Cap. Great name. Oh, nice. um, <laughs> uh, I'd love to know the history behind that. Um, shall, should we just stay in the pub for the first half, rock up for the second half and leave bang on 90 minutes? Uh, I think that's probably what we should be doing, Jack, now. Yeah, we're watching Palace games. Well, to be honest, given the experience of some people's uh, match day experience this season, that's what they've been experiencing and that they've only got it for the second half. So uh, if we all did that, some people would never see any of their games. So let's not do that. Uh, but he, yeah, right to point out, I didn't quite appreciate the uh, the only first half goal this season was Wolf's penalty. And given that came in uh, first half injury time, we've not scored in the first 45 minutes of a game this season. Yeah, um, someone touched on it in this pod, actually, Joe. Um, it is becoming a pattern, isn't it, of Vieira football that we are a second-half team, which you could translate two ways. You could say, OK, we're slow to start games and that's a worry. Or actually, he's very, very good at making whatever tweaks needed at half-time to get the result from his players. Yeah, I, I think it maybe wasn't noticed straight away because, let's be honest, we had a lot of games in the latter Roy years where it was nil-nil at half-time. I've I won exorbitant amounts of money just putting nil draw <laughs> draw at half time and then Palace win. And uh I felt so maybe we didn't, didn't notice that was just the, the the way it's always it's been for so long. But yeah it, it well in one way it's a, it may be a, a merit of the halftime talks or the, ch- and the changes that are made with with quite a di- uh, uh, active proactive side maybe at half time. But also last night was a great example of it actually I think Sometimes maybe we've just, it's not just always a case of low confidence or we've made a mistake. I think, I think we gave Arsenal a bit too much respect last night in the first half. I feel like as soon as they scored, new, Arsenal kind of, for a long point in that first half, played like we did in the last 10 minutes of the game, which was just kind of, oh gosh, they're coming at us. And, and we, were, we could have been a lot um, more dynamic and, and faster in some of our approach play, we were almost kind of happy to have the ball, but weren't really going at them in in a way that, yeah, it, yeah, we were grumbling in the in the away end almost because you could see the space and the potential, and they were Arsenal were not even pressing Palace, so maybe there's there's elements of that where 
and we might see even we might even see more of that coming. Where I'm intrigued now, as, as confident and, and as much of as as much of I enjoyed how we've been playing this season. We haven't played too many matches against sides where, right, okay, we turn up and we're supposed to beat this side. Mm. And I wonder whether teams will just park up and do the old two banks of four and go, come on, have the ball then. Uh, and I remember even sort of the Pardew era, we came on stuck at home quite a lot yep. like yeah. that because we had a lot of good players, but we just didn't really know what to do with the ball. We clearly do now. We, we're much more comfortable in possession. And I think our average this season is over 50%, which... It's kind of a new, <laughs> a new dawn for us. So I didn't know percentages went over fifty percent. Thirty two didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. So it, it, it promises that we're going to be a bit better with it, but I don't actually. Uh, yeah, it's still it's still up there. I don't know whether we're going to have to. It's a, it might even be an energy reserve thing. I know that some some sides like to do that. Nuno. For, uh, Santo sides like to conserve their energy for the second half but it's risky if you're letting in goals in the first half as we did it we're going to Leicester suddenly you've given yourself all this work to do um, yeah I'm not worried about that yet I feel like yeah I just we're going to get to this weekend I just really <laughs> hope we give them a proper shellacking like, we, we are just to kind of everyone to feel reassured about what we think should be happening and what is coming yeah and I, I really oh I hope we don't put too much pressure on this Newcastle game, but uh, now we'll come to it. We'll come to it. Um, let's focus on a couple of things, uh, Grace. Here's a question from Ray Howe. Hello, Ray. Hello, Ray. He says, oh, sorry. I wish we'd defend the lead in the corner flag rather than our own penalty spot. Yes, Ray, we've covered that. Um, <laughs> also, lucky to have Macca on the pitch. If another player did that to us, we'd be incandescent. Macca was a little bit lucky to stay on, Grace. He was not only for the the pendulum swinging foot at Saka, but also the earlier um, incident where I thought he was lucky to escape with not even getting a yellow. Um, I think Mike Dean probably gave him a final warning on that one. Um, and then the one on Saka, I mean, you can tell uh, he did, like watching it back that he wasn't purposefully swinging for Saka's leg, but it is poorly timed. And if that was against us, I'd, I'd want that person sent off, whether that's because I'm illogical in the way that only a football fan watching their own team can be <laughs> who knows but yeah I think I think he was lucky yeah I think Jack actually if that had been against us we'd be spending a good chunk of the podcast probably talking about it and lamenting referees being against us he was a lucky boy really because it didn't they showed it again afterwards on Monday Night Football it, it didn't look good it really didn't look good pure strike I think is the best <laughs> way to describe that that he he has hit that like he'd like to hit the volley that <laughs> He did it that, too, too well, uh, if anything. He, he did it too well. Yeah, I felt for Saka. That that bloody hurt. And um, you could see Saka, who I think probably does get hit most games, you know, given the style of play. The fact that he could barely get off the pitch um, and then obviously didn't come out for the second half, I think is testament just to how hard Mac has hit him. It's late. It's, um, I mean, I've, I've, I, I struggle to remember the definition of what is a red card? Endangering an opponent, I think, is the term that we have to consider when it's um, a judge to be a straight red. I'd say he's probably endangered the opponent with, with that tackle. And um, yeah, certainly a yellow card. But as Grace says, I, I thought Macca's first half was was littered with final warnings from, from Mike Dean. And I think a younger player, um, although Gallagher got away with what I thought was a quite an mm-hmm. obvious yellow in the second half yeah. as well, um, I think a younger player doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. I think Macca's probably earned the respect of referees over the last eight seasons and probably being refed by Mike Dean 
20 or 30 times in that time. So, um, uh, yeah, I think on, an, on another night, we start that second half of 10 men and we're talking about a completely different evening. But we didn't. And I thought Maka dealt with the second half um, very well, given that he was on a yellow. And the fact that Vieira can trust him to stay on when he's looking to kind of uh, change his midfield, um, I think is testament to the trust that, that Vieira has in Maka. Unless I'm, I'm sorry, okay. I, I just I need clarification from you guys because unless I'm mixing up incidents, I think I think Maka might have benefited from the fact that I think the I think Mike Dean had blown for just stopped play for another incident as it was happening. So because yeah. so I think because it wasn't in play, it's almost like he's gone. Oh, you just played on, and someone else has it, and, and I think that might have saved him in that moment. But I, I, that's what I think happened. I haven't replayed it, but I, there, there was a lot going on at that time, um, and I think you're right. But actually, also the first. Uh, final warning, if that's a sentence, um, <laughs> came after Maka pulled uh, Arsenal attack, I think it was Smith Rowe, back, and the ball then didn't go out of play for a good maybe three minutes. Mm. And I think that's why Dean didn't go back, because initially Mike Dean really pointed at Maka to say, I'm coming to get you, that's a definite yellow. And then he yeah. didn't. Um, and then I think the second one happened that um, I, I think Grace and I are both recalling happened. And I thought, well, that's got to be a yellow card. And then he didn't give him one for that, um, because again, there was an advantage played. And I think Maka benefited from two advantages being played. And then, as you say, Joe benefited from uh, the melee of whatever happened on the edge of the box. So, yeah, probably quite a lucky boy and uh, just tried to skirt around the edge of, of some situation. But, yeah, it it wasn't great from Maka. And um, I like Saka um, as, a, as a neutral, so I hope he's not out for too long. Um, but if that was me, my leg probably would have been in the North Bank um, <laughs> after that. So uh, well done for just having your leg still on. Your uh, your hip there, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the lowest, just like the bare minimum of co- of compliments. Well done for having your legs <laughs> well still onto your body. On having your legs <laughs> well still done, in mate. your body. Yeah, well done. Uh, no, I think if our pods will probably be talking about this incident for a lot longer. But yeah, I think we can all agree that Maka got away with on there. But Maka has been excellent for Palace this season. I mean, really, really, really good and incredibly consistent. And again, staying on for most of the games as well, which I think is testament to his. Uh, you know, to the energy that he's still got, despite obviously being one of the older members of the team. So we've got a lot of love for Macker on this pod. Um, JD, I I, presume uh, Ty, I think it is from AFTV, Arsenal Fan TV, is probably still outside the stadium right now, shouting to a pigeon about that challenge. So uh, probably, yeah, yeah, good good luck to him. (laughs) I I had mates send some clips from their their filming of last night's and uh, Ty had something... He had a word to say about Palace fans, you know, sort of talking about uh, the analogy was very weird. It was talking about, you know, a, talk, celebrating eating your dinner and you haven't eaten your dinner yet or something like this really kind of a bit half metaphor that didn't quite work about us celebrate having the nerve to celebrate when we're in front. You know, how dare we? Yeah. <laughs> that I mean, guy is the finest method actor we have in this country. <laughs> he cannot be real. He cannot be real, that guy. I've met Ty a couple of times and he's a really nice lad. Like he's actually really just quite sweet and normal. But I do think with the Arsenal fan TV team in general, that once the cameras start rolling, I think they all just turn on whatever personality is on their channel and they just become, yeah, method actors. It's bizarre. Mm. It's absolutely bizarre. But um, yeah, crack on guys, you crack on. Um, Speaking of cracking on, let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, something else. It's 
It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the Family Plan Podcast. Whee. Uh, it's part three of Pod 399, sponsored by Eternity Home Finance for a free consultation on anything to do with mortgages. I'm sorry, Eternity Home Finance. I'll do that again. Sponsored by Eternity Home Finance for a free consultation on anything to do with mortgages and property portfolios. That's the one. Uh, email info at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code FYP. Right, it's time uh, in the show where we split and our patrons only will get our winners and losers and if you're on the public feed, you'll get a clip from last night's post-match pod with Rob, Adam and Selzy recorded into the early hours. Um, and I haven't listened to it yet. I'm sure it's great. Um, so anyway, let's do that split now. I thought we were excellent for long periods. Um, poor, poor start, admittedly, for the first 10, 15 minutes, we were, we were chasing it. Um, conceded a, a goal that will have frustrated Patrick Vieira, again stemming from a, a corner. Uh, the second phase from a corner, really, once you think you've, you've cleared it and, you, and, and you're away, um, Jordan Ayew sort of drops off, drops to sleep, basically, and, and, and they, they, they bypass him. Um, Pepe gets his shot away, good save by Gaeta, but um, Jimmy Mack unable to stifle the, the attempt at the far post from Aubameyang. So that, that's frustrating. But the way that we recovered and, and the way that, that uh, Palace really imposed themselves on, on the game, really from the midway point in the first half up to the break, was really, really impressive. OK, maybe not creating too many um, clear-cut opportunities and again Vieira will look and wonder how we've only scored one goal in the first half all season I think it's a remarkable statistic but but he obviously does something right at half time because he he continually gets spurs them on um, after the break and they they were very very impressive again after half time a very very good equalizer Jordan Ayew um, playing his part in a positive way um, by dispossessing, I think it's um, uh, dispossessing in midfield. I, I can't remember who the, the Arsenal player was. The, the, I think it was Partey. Partey wasn't yeah. it? I think yeah, he took it was, the ball yeah. Um, and a very cool, calm finish from um, Benteke, emphatic, in fact. Then, I don't know, it's it, the next period is, 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 is difficult because Lacazette injects a bit of urgency into Arsenal's performance and, and, he has his record against us. And he of all the, the Arsenal strikers, after that first 10, 10 minutes, of all the Arsenal forwards on the pitch, he was the one that, that, that seemed to cause us most problems. He's, he's the most predatory of them. Um, but, you know, another fantastic save from, from Greiter didn't, denies him. And, and, and then a brilliant breakaway goal that recently introduced Michael Elise's involved, Gallagher's involved, dispossessing... Look, um, Lokoyer, I think it is the, yep. the, the, the second substitute for Arsenal. Uh, fantastic 
pass from Elise to set Edouard free. And, and Edouard surprises Ramsdale really with the, I think, the pace of the shot that he gets off in off the crossbar because it's 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 in the centre of the goal. It's a, a shot that he would normally expect to save, I think, but thoroughly well deserved. 2-1 up and Palace definitely the better team. They've bossed it for long periods, in, in not, not least in terms of possession. But the frustration then is that the, they they go into retreat and for once <laughs> I actually think the retreat is is almost is always prompted by the the, the substitution. Uh, you're taking off Edouard, who is the quickest of Palace's attackers on on that pitch. He was all afternoon, um, sorry, all evening, um, and by bringing James Tompkins on, you're basically you're inviting pressure, and and it was as if Palace had decided in that last last 10, 15 minutes, or 10 minutes that, that, okay, we're going to just sit deep, we're going to hold our shape, and we're going to uh, frustrate the life out of Arsenal. Well, the reality was, I don't think that actually worked, no. because even if they hadn't, even if they hadn't had the, the opportunity in the 96th minute uh, from the corner, Tierney was free and, and rattles the crossbar in that period as well, and it was all a bit too chaotic for comfort, really. Uh, I know they've been working on five at the back for, for periods recently over this international break with a with a view to potentially using it at some stage. And maybe that's a reaction to the Brighton concession later on that they, they want to, to solidify when, when they're in the lead, when they're in, in the ascendancy. But I just think taking off a your slip my slippery player, the, the player that is going to be pose a threat on the on the counter attack, um, and and bringing on Tonks just really just we just sat too deep and ten minutes of that was was too much. It was cruel when it when it happened, very very cruel. But it also felt as if it had been invited a bit. Yeah, we're also joined by Adam Sells. How are you doing, Adam? Very well, thank you, sir. Good stuff. Um, quick you, cab back from the uh, from the Emirates to you, Smithfield and a quick drive home. So I was home by eleven. Not too bad, really. Stuff. Yeah, weirdly, weirdly, I got into a taxi in uh, about Drayton Park area, round by the Emirates, and the fellow said, "I know you. I've picked you up before." <laughs> well, so. Uh, Said you make goalie gloves, don't you? Uh, <laughs> really? Wow! You make goalie gloves, Selzy. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that um, he was born in Islington. He lives up the road on the Isle of Dogs. Which team does he support? Born in Islington, lives in the Isle of Dogs. Can Probably going to be, be United, two, United or Liverpool. One of those two. Oh, Dom, you're too good. Liverpool, of course. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so you were at the game. What were your thoughts of, of the of, of the match, Adam? Um, I don't know how much you've talked about prior to me coming in, but uh, I just thought, caught Dom on the end talking about the substitution, I guess, of Tompkins, to, uh, which I think was a direct reaction to the Martinelli uh, change from Arsenal. Well, they had so many forward players on the pitch, he decided to to drop him in as an extra centre half and then sit and try and make them play through us for the last five minutes plus stoppages. And I've got to be fair, I think the manager, coach, whatever he is, Patrick Vieira, 
you know, it's one of those situations where you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't really mm. to a degree because if it works, it's a great tactical move and you've seen out the game and didn't you do well. And if you don't and it happens, they go, why didn't you do that and see out the game, you know, for the last five minutes? So I think it's, I think it's pretty, um, you can call that both ways. Really. That's quite difficult. I'll level with you in the fact and I'll say that I was really disappointed with the lineup when I saw it. Really disappointed with the front three choices. I, I, I first of all, you know, Jeffrey Slapp and Michael Elise came on in the last game and both scored goals. And we're without Wilfred Zaha. <clears throat> so I thought Michael Elise would play instead of Jordan Ayew, mm. but still not the case. And Jeffrey Schlupp would have been a more natural fit for the left-hand side in that sense. So I'm pleasantly surprised with how it all worked out in the end because I wasn't best pleased with that when I saw it and I thought it was really, really poor. But, you know, one way or another, we sort of cobbled it together. But I couldn't, still, I, I couldn't stop myself even at half-time thinking this is us all season. You know, we've had quite a lot of the ball. Mm. We've been in the last third lots of times, but no real quality. Don't, you know, haven't looked so much like scoring a goal. You know, that sort of cutting edge that I've talked about was missing. And I was sort of longing for those changes and thought, I was actually thinking, if I'm honest, and I'm being too honest here because I could get away with not saying this, but what I'm going to say to you is I... I was just hoping before he made those changes that we wouldn't be too far behind and we'd still have a chance to to come back. But as it turned out, Edward actually didn't do a bad job in that role and looked a bit of a threat. Um, and I, I spoke to Dom this afternoon, actually, and I did say to him, I would have played Christian Benteke tonight, actually, just because of what happened in the last game at the end of the season when we played him at Selhurst, when he was really, really dominant physically and aerially against Arsenal in that game. And I thought that would be a, a threat. So I got that right because his goal came from him on the floor with an uncharacteristically uh, fantastic finish. Really. He, he doesn't score goals like that, does he? No, he that was a great, great finish. I thought, fair play tidy like and I, that's more of what you want to see not just uh, not just his aerial effect and Edward I thought Hudson Edward I thought did all right in there he carried the ball in a sort of direct manner mm. and he at pace without ever being sort of overly tricky I would say you know and sort of but you know good honest effort and uh, and ended up with his goal to show for it as well so gutted to end up Losing in the manner, losing, drawing in the manner we did, it felt like a defeat in that sense. But probably, I mean, Dom watched it on TV. I haven't had that privilege yet, but you know, my overall impression was that it was a sort of probably just about the right result on the balance of the of the game overall. I thought we played well for spells, but you know, obviously we had the let off where Tierney hit the bar and. I, I don't know if it was my instinct. You were at the game, Rob. Yeah. Dom, you were watching on TV. When we got to one all, 
I felt we sort of almost dropped off a little bit and mm. kind of got a little bit frightened that we might, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, they're there for the taking here. You need to go for their throat here and finish the game. And we sort of let them come back into the game and then scored sort of against the run of play a little bit when we seemed to, I think Guaita made a very good save, Vicente, in, uh, just before. And then we've robbed them again of possession high up the pitch and ended up cashing in with, you know, some good decision-making really with Gallagher, um, Elisa and Edward. Um, but, you know, that sort of came at a time when we kind of sort of, I guess in, to use a boxing analogy, we'd already had sort of Arsenal on the ropes, but then sort of backed off a little bit and didn't almost believe that we were going to go and see it through. And then we got in front and then when the one from Tierney came back off the underside of the bar, I was actually thinking, I think this might be our night here. You know, I think we're going to get away with this. You know, it this is like going to be all right. And then uh, you got the late night kicking the plums. I thought it was a, followed by several uh, plastic beer uh, cups and beer that was raining down from the uh, from the tier above. The away end was a pretty um, eventful place tonight to separate two 50-year-old blokes squaring up to each other over a difference of opinion over Palace players and so on. It, was, uh, it wasn't a great experience. It, it was, I think, just, just adding to what you were saying about the end of the game, it feels like there are times where there's an element of youthful tactical naivety and the moment that that sticks out there are a couple of moments that stick out for me the first one is where we had a drop ball situation and instead of just putting the ball in the corner and boxing them in or, or doing something like that to try and slow the game down we ended up trying to be clever and tried to create an opportunity from which we didn't score. And then Arsenal then went up the other end and, and what followed was the goal. The other one is that Anderson, when that ball came in from the set piece and, and it was cleared, Anderson was the guy chasing it out of the box. Yeah. When yeah you, want him in, you want him in the middle. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that was madness. And it I think was, there was two of them that went as well. There was someone did. else that went. Elise with him, went right? as well. Elise, 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 yeah. yeah. It was just, um, it's, it's that little bit, those little moments of, and I think, I do think it's, there's an element of tactical naivety. And I think there's that, that it's almost like a lack of cynicism. They need to be a little bit more cynical. They need to be a little bit more, you know, if the referee's going to, going to play, like play that final corner, slow it down. Don't just, just, take every bit of speed out of the game, every bit of intensity out of the game as much as you can. And and it just, yeah, it just ended up. I thought Maka had already done that to Saka, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, he did. He, <laughs> they said that was a, I think they said that was like a, a, a high a high level yellow card, <laughs> very close to being a red. He, he got a little bit fortunate, but but in terms of the performance, it was a very positive performance. Genuinely, I think that it's one of those things. The thing that's really frustrating is we've now had three games in a row where if we hadn't conceded those two against Leicester, the, the early goals against Leicester, I think we could have probably got a win out of it. Against Brighton, we should have we should have closed that game out, and against Arsenal, we should have closed that game out. That's that's six points difference from what we ended up getting. And it's it's frustrating. It's just frustrating. Swing, swings and roundabouts, Rob, a of little course. bit, isn't it? I guess because the youthful exuberance 
brings you a different dimension. A- than just licking the ball much higher up the pitch and having a quicker route to goal and getting both our goals tonight. But you can't help but think perhaps with the, you know, with the sort of experience of the sort of Gary Cahills and people like that that we had in the last couple of years, maybe they would have got away with that tonight without uh, without conceding. But, you know, it's just, these are easy things to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't You don't know. And, but and, we need... I mean, we brought on Tompkins with that intent, I'm sure. That yes. kind of like having that kind of rock in the centre, knocking every ball that, that came in out clear. And it just didn't happen. And, and it's one of those things that just all it needed was a wallop upfield, you know? The weird thing was, though, that Tompkins came on. Well, you, when Tompkins comes on, you're almost anticipating a barrage of crosses flying into your box. Yeah. But, but the actual, I mean, the anxiety around that stadium in while Arsenal were chasing that equaliser, was that they, they never got a cross into the box. They didn't yeah. put crosses into the box. It was only from set plays that they put crosses into the box. That is our winners and losers done. Thank you very much, guys. And if you're on the Patreon feed, hope you enjoyed that. If you're on the public feed, you heard a quote or a clip from the post-match pod and you can get that and our winners and losers by joining our patron at patreon.com forward slash FIP podcast. Right, after the break, uh, a preview of the Newcastle game. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. It's Pod 399. Uh, It's our preview of the next game. It's Newcastle. It's the game that everyone expects us to win 5 0 uh, this weekend. Uh, So no pressure, guys, whatsoever. Uh, A couple of questions here. Nick Lloyd 5. Hello, Nick. Hi, Nick. Will we get done by Newcastle in 90 plus minutes? Thank you, Nick. I'm sure everyone was thinking that. Uh, A more slightly serious question, Joe, here from Coleman7890. Hello, Hi, Coleman. Coleman. Is Olise ready to start? I think I think if 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 Vieira is being cautious with the introduction of Olise, I think we've discussed it before on the pod. I think this is the sort of game where you do give him the start, and it's probably the safer sort of fixture because we are going to be on the front foot. We are not having to worry about. I mean, what is Newcastle's left side at the moment? Is it? It's not still Paul Dummy at left back, is it? It's uh, is it Matt Ritchie? <laughs> I don't. I don't it's know. Matt, it's Matt Ritchie. It's Matt, Matt Ritchie, and I can't wait. It's Matt <laughs> wow. Ritchie and Kieran Clark, and I'm absolutely buzzing for it, but only to be disappointed by. It. But Matt Ritchie is the uh, is mm. the current left back. Yeah, ain't it? How far? How far we've come? We were linked with Kieran Clark, I think, in the last January window, weren't we? Were we? But, oh, yeah, because he was available anyway. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think that yeah, this is the guy, as a fan, that's the game I'd like to see him. Start. He might if he does start. I don't think he gets the full ninety. Probably gets a we get get an hour out of him. But yeah, these these are the fixtures you want to take that extra risk. Newcastle is ominous, and you know we're just maybe a bit too superstitious as Palace fans to talk this confidently. But we saw how they played on the weekend. That's not a individual performance. That's symbolic of quite a, a long time there at Newcastle. They may have a new regime at the top, but currently it's still the same management setup and. There was news reports that broke last night. I don't know if anyone saw that of player bust-ups at Newcastle. Um, Jamal Lascelles and Isaac Hayden apparently had a bit of a square-up uh, following the Tottenham game. 
And I don't know whether it's, it's just, you know, a lot of times the people that leak these are unhappy players in those setups or an agent of an unhappy player. I can't help but wonder because it, it, it positioned these two players having an argument in the dressing room as, and you know, that's why Steve Bruce needs to go. And I thought, well, I think players fall out quite a lot and, mm-hmm. and have tussles. But if that's really, you know, that's how oh, it's got so bad that Steve Bruce can't control his players. You know, I don't, I don't think, he's in a position if that's the case where he's going to get a reaction out of them this weekend, because I don't, I don't really don't think he's got that power over them anymore. Um, he's a bit of a dead man walking and I really want him to fight it out for as long as possible. Cause I just think that's quite a charming, also funny story. Uh, but I don't think, I don't want it to be against us. I don't, I don't, you know, and I just, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't fathom us just falling to bits against them. No, I think we will go for it. Uh, Grace, are, are you pro pro Elise? Would you like to see Elise start? And if so, and assuming Wilf is back as well, then who loses out from Benteke and Edward? I, I would like to see Elise start. And like Joe said, I think this is probably the game to do it. It's at home against a team that are struggling. I mean, obviously every game has its own pressures, but this seems like a sensible one to maybe maybe take the risk. Um, in terms of who, who you drop, that's, that's the tricky one. That's where I don't envy Vieira being the one who makes that decision um, in that Benteke and Edward both bring different things to the table. Um, I, yeah, I really don't know who, who he would go for. Um, I guess it depends what what he wants and and how it's been going in training. Um, I suspect maybe from how it's been earlier in the season, maybe Benteke would be the one to to drop out just because he tends to have been the one that we've seen on the bench um, and has then come on later on if, like we say, Elise is unlikely to last the whole whole 90, maybe 70 at a push. Um, but yeah, um, obviously then if we've got Wilf back as well, um, I presume, I think he only had some sort of sickness bug, didn't he? So then we've got him thrown back into... I say into contention, obviously he'll be the first name on the on the team sheet. Um, but yeah, I think I'm hoping it's one will really, really go at them. And I'm hoping that they will fall to pieces. There'll be Newcastle players fighting each other and Steve Bruce will be gone <laughs> afterwards. But who knows? <laughs> Got it all mapped out. Yeah. Um, there was a game actually under the Pardew era, Jack, wasn't there? We did beat Newcastle 5-1. And that particular game, we did, we really came out of the blocks. And you have to imagine this... Vieira ball or this Vieira team at Palace, they will come out of the blocks surely on Saturday. Got to hope so. I think Vieira will know that we need to to add some wins. So I think he'll, you know, he's, he's been around the league, knows how valuable wins in this league are, and and, and will have identified Newcastle at home as a, a as a as a clear and obvious target for a win. I just think the, the way we're playing, the way they're playing, you know, I, I know it's a, a cliche, but we really should win this. Uh, you know, there's there, there's no way that. Um, we, we should be considering, other than just the inherent fear of being a football fan, of losing this game. We, we really should um, have confidence to go into this game, judging by our last few performances. Um, and I think we've got the threats to to really do them. I am, you know, obviously wary that we are probably underplaying, uh, you know, the, the risk that they pose. They, you know, I, I think Sam Maximum is, a, is an excellent player and Callum Wilson always has a goal in him. And I think it's only last season, I know it's different in many ways, manager and no fans or anything, but they, they did beat us with two of the last kicks of a game last year when I think we'd written them off. And I think Steve Bruce was under pressure at that point, although to be fair, he's been under pressure since he signed on the dotted line there. So 
Um, I, I think we should go for it. I think Benteke will be the one to to drop out. Whatever he does with Wolf coming back, I think he'll look to move Edouard back in the middle. And that's nothing to do with, with Christian's performance last night, which I thought was very good. But I just think the lack of crosses into the box would would mean that if we're going to play a, a target man or a central striker, then it's more likely to be Edouard. But I, I, I really hope we do, you know, not necessarily put on a show. I think the idea that... We, I think we will thrash someone soon. Um... But I, I, whatever the outcome, I just hope we, we get that win that we have, have warranted over the last few performances. Even if the performance on Saturday doesn't justify the win, if that makes sense, I hope that we're just you know, building momentum and, and doing the right things the right way to mean that we get over the line on Saturday. But um, yeah, I think expectations will be high by the, uh, the Palace faithful. Yes, and uh, we'll be back next week to talk about Newcastle's 95th minute equaliser um, as well on the podcast. So I'm joking. I'm joking. I hope I'm joking. It'll be Matt. It'll be Matt Ritchie after what. Yes, yeah, yeah. Matt Ritchie. Um, Thunderbolt. Yeah. Well, Thunderbolt. At least it, uh, but... at least it won't be because Shelby, Shelby's suspended, and I feel like whenever we do play them, particularly at Sellers, he tends to start or he because they sit so deep and he'll, 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 he tends to produce these kind of masterclasses against us. So at least that's not, we're not going to have to live, endure that, whatever yeah. it is, if it does yeah. go John, against John us. Joe Shelby uh, featured in my favourite meme of the, the whole hullabaloo of, uh, of, of the Newcastle new ownership of um, the, the leader of the, uh, is it the PIF? Is that the, the name of the financial group that have, that have bought them? Um, but the, the, the guy who was sat next to, uh, Amanda Stavely, who still does terrify me, despite the fact I've seen her on television many times. Um, she, he was uh, on his phone, and I think a lot of people have used this as an opportunity to produce a meme um, of him Googling, what is a John Joe Shelby? Um, and uh, I think judging by John Joe Shelby's performance on, uh, on Sunday, um, suspension permitted for, for Saturday, I don't think the, uh, the uh, existence of John Joe Shelby at Newcastle is for the long term. Um, no. I don't think that's why the... Uh, the, the regime have bought Newcastle United to play John Joe Shelby for a long time. No, I couldn't and under believe. A palace, under, under previous Palace managers, it's possible that he may well have ended up playing in red and blue in the not-so-distant future. Oh, yeah. But I can't see that happening under Patrick Vieira. Now, if that happens, then something's gone seriously, seriously wrong. So there's, um, there's your pod title, JD. What is a John Joe Shelby? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, consider that. Uh, guys, <laughs> that's the end of the pod. Thank you so much for uh, coming on. It's been brilliant. Grace, great to have you back on. Thank you for having me. Brilliant. Joe, lovely to have you on. Cheers. Thanks for having me, JD. And, good, uh, good to catch up. Oh, top man. And Jack, as a veteran, great to have you here. <laughs> thanks, JD. Is that the veteran voice? I don't know. Just <laughs> kind of tired and haggard. Yeah, thanks very much, mate. Yeah, well done. Well done, lads. Well done, well done, everybody. Well, well done. Lads. Well done. Well done, Cheers, Oh, yeah, Julie, I've got to do it. I've got to do the FYP cliche. But uh, no, thanks, JD. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Uh, thanks to our listeners thanks to our patrons uh, don't forget to join our patron if you like the sound of it patron.com forward slash FOP podcast and live tickets to our live live tickets tickets to our live podcast Thursday the 11th of November the Stretton Space Project on sale now at eventbrite.co.uk until then enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you again soon goodbye Podcast Network.